Welcome to the Liquid Soapbox Podcast. This is a show where we talk about topics that we're passionate about, giving us an opportunity to get up on our soapbox with the help of a little bit of liquid fuel. Welcome to the Liquid Soapbox Podcast. I'm Dominic Battistella. I'm your host, and I have my co-host with me, Clint Webb. What's happening? What's happening? Hey, Clint. We're introducing a new podcast. I just thought I'd let everybody know that Clint and I are also the co-host of the Joe Schmo Sports Show podcast. Yes, we are. This is our more, I think, serious podcast. It may or may not be more serious, depending on the guest or the topic that we end up talking about, but this is our opportunity for the two of us really to get some things off our chest that aren't sports related, give us a chance to talk about things we care about, that we're passionate about, and we may potentially rant about a little bit, (laughs) potentially. So there's a lot of stuff going on out there in this world. Of course, there's politics, as we all know. Boo. We don't like politics, but as a matter of fact, it affects all of us, so we might end up talking about that a little bit, how that impacts your lives, and generally how some of the things that we deal with in that realm actually come to fruition. We're going to have guests to come on here and talk about some of that stuff. We're going to talk about culture and cultural issues, and by that I don't mean, oh, there's a problem with the culture. We're going to talk about music we're going to talk about art we're going to talk about things like that are part of what makes human existence what it is and we're going to focus in on the parts of that that we really care about Mm -hmm. and we're going to bring on guests to talk about those things and have conversations with us and of course the most important thing i think about the liquid podcast is to understand that We're going to do this with the help of certain brown liquors from time to time. Yes. And that we're not going to (laughs) overconsume, but just enough to take the edge off of the verbal filter about some of the things we (laughs) care about to make the show interesting and real. This show is intended, I believe, to have an edge. Yes. Yeah. So I would say that's the vision of things. Yeah. And on the other side, Dom, if I may add, sure. I think we're also going to bring just an element of, I think you already brought this up a little, realness, right? Yeah, So we're both fathers, yep. husbands, yes, and we're both very active in the community and in the business community. Yes. This is also going to give us an opportunity to talk a little bit about what's going on with just us and being parents. And what, and what kind of frustrations and challenges and joys that that brings. So that we can talk about the joys. Yeah, and, we're going to talk like about like you a said, bit the frustrations. Mm-hmm. There's so many things to talk about when yeah. it comes to that, particularly in dealing with the COVID world that we're living yeah. with and the yeah. hopefulness that there is in having the vaccine and coming out of that. The other thing that I think it's important to note <clears throat> is that our perspective is very similar, Clint and mine, Mm -hmm. in that we, and I'm just going to go back to politics for a a brief second, we come from the um, left, the more left side of the political spectrum. 
which means that we will often balance that out with guests that come from another political perspective yes. so that we can have good, honest conversations with people and but, not combative. Right. I'm talking about Just, getting to the root of an exactly, issue exactly. and trying to come to an understanding with other people about how they come to their perspective having empathy mm-hmm. with where that perspective comes from and seeing if we can come to some common ground yeah. and move beyond this idea that everybody who disagrees with us is either stupid <laughs> or cruel or there's some kind of human defect to them right. and understand that there's just different ways of thinking about the same issues because when things come down to it, we really all have the same problems Mm -hmm. in general some people have more intense versions of certain of those problems and i will fully admit that i am blessed to have an excellent life and i don't have very much to complain about in my life although i will get up on my soapbox and complain (laughs) about a number of things but i don't because america well (laughs) just there's things to complain about in the world in general there's things to complain about in humanity this isn't a complaint show because some of the things that i plan on getting up on my soapbox about i'm going to be very positive Mm -hmm. on the soapbox right because i think having a forum and having as the president has a a, a bully pulpit Mm -hmm. to be able to or a platform to be able to say what you want to say there's a lot more power in saying things that are positive mm-hmm. than complaining and saying things that are negative. Mm-hmm. And I think we want to be able to share the fact that you can do more, you can impact more people by being positive Absolutely. and by focusing on yep. and just complaining. It's like that old adage <clears throat> your mama always used to say, you attract more bees with honey, right? It, so, well, is it bees or flies? I don't remember. I, think it's bees, <laughs> I thought the flies honey. get the flies get attracted by something no. else. <laughs> vinegar, right? It's vinegar, 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 honey, honey the vinegar. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is just gonna give us a give us and anybody that comes on the show just a good platform to talk about what's bothering them or what's going great in their life. Oh yeah, and it's uh, it's gonna be good. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. None of this would be possible without a Mr. Doug Keysweater and Softleet Studios um, of course. helping us getting our start and yep. having we our first couple of episodes that we recorded for the Soapbox were actually at Softleet Studios in Hillsboro. We have since moved, and I'll let Dom talk about that a little bit. But we were able, um, through Doug's generosity, to be able to keep the equipment, this professional, amazing equipment that we have. Yeah, it's very um, nice. For, to be able to produce this podcast. Also, we have uh, the guy behind the curtain over here is uh, Mr. Drake Cameron, and uh, he's our producer. And he might drop in every once in a while, but uh, he'll probably uh, stay out of this one for the most part. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things, Clint, that I wanted to do was just to give a, a not just an introduction to the show. I think that as people listen to the first couple of episodes, they're going to get a flavor mm-hmm. of what it is that we do. Yeah. I think we ask people questions to get them talking about themselves and then as we get to understand what our guests are about then we move into more i wouldn't say prying questions but questions that yeah Yeah. questions that let let people get to the core of who they are and what their value structure is all about and tease out maybe what's beyond sound what people would normally give as a soundbite answer. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
But what I want to do today is I want us to interview each other, give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about who you are and ask you some questions so that our listeners get a better understanding of who Clint Webb is and what he values, and then give you an opportunity to do the same back to me. Okay. I don't he, have anything written down, so I'm I I do not prepared. have anything written down either. This is going to be fun. I'm sometimes a uh, spur of the moment type of guy, I and that was an idea that I, I just like uh, pulled directly out of Yale Keister. Uh-huh. So <laughs> there may be an element of humor here every now and again. By the way, <laughs> it's not always going to be Hopefully. serious. Hopefully, there's there's, there's going to be yeah. We it, one of the things about Clinton and I that you'll learn is that we do love to laugh. We, we do. love to you know, poke fun at each other, poke fun at things outside that seem a little bit ridiculous. Like how I fold pizza. Or, or don't, or don't fold, pizza. fold pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we do that on the air. <laughs> Clint, I, I know you talked about your father, hmm. right? And we're both in business. We're both in the Raleigh, Durham, Triangle area of North Carolina. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Where do you come from? What what makes Clint? Okay, I was born in Durham, North Carolina, but did not live there very long before moving to Chapel Hill when okay. my mom graduated nursing school. Okay. All right. And so that was in, I guess I moved to Chapel Hill in probably 83. So okay. I was three or four years old. Yeah. And in 1985, my mother and father had been divorced. And for a year or two, and in 1985, him and my grandfather got into a plane crash. Oh, damn! In Chapel Hill, they were flying their their they had their pilot's license, they had their own insurance company, and they were flying back from Fayetteville on okay. a sales call. Okay. And crashed the plane, and my grandfather died on impact, and my father died a couple of hours later in the hospital. Oh. So I was raised my entire life essentially by my mom. Okay. And. Just like you were talking about a few minutes ago, and I've had this conversation constantly with some friends, I had a fantastic childhood. Yeah. I never wanted for anything. I grew up in a neighborhood where I was at my friends' houses more than I was anywhere else, or my friends were at my house, because that was the kind of neighborhood that we had. Wherever yeah, the bikes course. were, yeah. that's, where pe- that's, where the kid- that's where the party was. Wherever the bikes were piled up in the yard, that's where the party I, was. I, I, I wish it was still that way. I wish it was that way, too. Yeah. So I grew up in Chapel Hill in a very nice neighborhood. I went to the best schools in Chapel Hill, and my mom did everything for my sister and I. Uh, yeah. So my sister is two years older than me, and my mom is still in, the, in nursing. She's a registered nurse in Chapel Hill and is... Not really part owner, but she is very high up in this company that she owns, that my uncle owns in Chapel Hill. Okay. Home Watch Caregivers of the Triangle. Okay. And so she's still in nursing and didn't go to college, got married out of high school, had a kid. Yeah. The kid's now 19. Woo. Um, you don't look old enough to have a 19 year I'm 41 year old. years old. Yeah. 41 years old. I had young, the kid young and stuff. Is that, um, is that why you didn't go to school? Wanted to go to UNC, yeah. of course, but it's really hard to get into UNC if you go to Chapel Hill's Carborough City School. Why is that? You have to be in the top 3% of your class. Because everybody's trying to go there? What, because they want out-of-state money. Ah. They're business, after all. <laughs> right? They are a state school. They are a state school, yeah. and plenty of people from the state want to go to that school, and so they just take the best of the best. So, sure. got married, had a kid, uh, got divorced. Kept the kid, raised her from 16 months old, was in another relationship before my wife and I got reconnected and got married. And we've been married since 08. Wait a minute. 
you got married to the same woman twice? No. Okay. I, no. I, I, <laughs> no. Ba- baby mama is. Baby mama is, is no mas. Is number one. Okay. Is, okay. Is wife number I, one. I, I was confused by no. the way you said that. <laughs> no, I apologize. Because uh, I do know people that have remarried their no, ex spouses. Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. And so my wife and I got married in 08, had a house in Hillsborough, and have been in sales really since then. You have. Yes. Yeah. And so that's how we met at networking events and whatnot. That's a big part of who I am. I'm a I'm a extreme extrovert. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think anybody would deny that. And so it's my job and the way my mom had me grow up. Sure. You know, not being afraid of making friends and talking to people. And plus, we grew up in the 80s and 90s, man. You could talk to people in the 80s and 90s. You can't talk to people like that anymore. I'm not sure if that's correct. I but mean, no, are I'm you talking, talking about, about like, kids? Yes. As a kid, you, you, we could go anywhere we wanted to as long as we were home by a certain time or at a friend's house at a certain time and yeah. called home. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that anymore. You can't just be a kid anymore. It's tough. Unless you live, like, for instance, in your community that you live in here, you allow your kids to go back and forth to the pool, ride their scooters, bikes, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the kind of community. I want them to do that. No, I get it. It it is a it is a real. I I let them and I force them to do that because they need to be outside. I I love it. And as a father of a girl, you have a daughter. Two two daughters. It is a frightening, terrifying thing to have them go out and about by themselves. I'm less frightened by what I think you might be implying that I am about them actually getting into traffic. <laughs> no, not traffic. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> no, my so for instance, there, uh, there's a quick story. So my my daughter, yeah. uh, our daughter was I don't know, probably 10 years old and or 8 years old and she was like, "Dad, I want to go to Emma's house." Mm-hmm. She lived around the corner up the street, right? Yeah. So couldn't see Emma's house. Yeah. And I was like, "I'll walk up with you." In a few minutes. She was like, can I just go by myself? I was like, no. I was like, and she was like, why? And I told her, I said, people like pretty little girls. I said, and I am not willing to let you walk around the corner, up the street, away from my view, and not, not if somebody ha- something happened to you, being able to live with myself. Yeah, I think it's got to be a little bit different for girl having girls than boys. Plus, she's, my own, she's our only one. Yeah. yeah, so I can see there being quite a bit more protection there, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. we live in a nice little small town that doesn't sure. have really high crime. Sure. We live in a, in a nice neighborhood, but it's not, like, uh, it's not like this one. It's not connected with a bunch of things. It's not like a community. It's more of just an old school 80s houses. A bunch there. of houses. It's n- right. There's no HOA is what you're no. saying. <laughs> there's no sidewalks, no HOAs, no, no swimming I gotcha. pool. I got gotcha. you. So and let me ask you a question, Clint. I want to go back to something you talked about briefly uh, with your father and grandfather passing away mm-hmm. in the plane crash. How did how do you feel like that impacted you? Oh man! At the moment, it was just like I was too young. I was five years old. I was it was right before my six. It's old enough to have formed right. a bond with your father. So here's the thing: so my mom and dad weren't really together like that for my life. Okay. So they were separated and then divorced. Okay. So okay. they've been divorced for a few years. Okay. Right. Like so, legally divorced for a yeah, few yeah. Years. And looking back. Not having that male figure, I guess, probably would have made a huge difference. I can only imagine. But my mom was also my dad. 
because yeah. she's the one that got me so into sports. Sure. She's sure. the one that drove me to tennis matches, to baseball games, to whatever. So gotcha. she was my dad in that aspect. But but, but it's your, different. But your father was some you, you didn't have nearly as close of a, no. a connection with him no. than Okay. I know like I know some of his best friends from high school. Yeah. Better than I knew my dad. Wow. And, but that's because I've had adult relationships with gotcha. them. So like no, that Dave, makes sense. like David Hackney and Robert Humphreys, they're friends. Okay. And so they they were friends with my father. They were in the same band together. Wow. That kind of stuff. Yeah, my dad was a drummer. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a cut up, apparently. What well, Please define a cut. Um, apparently, he was the personality in the in any group. Ah, he was the life of whatever the party was. So what you're saying is you got your extrovertedness right, right. potentially from him. I came by it honestly, honestly. And my yes. mom's not an introvert either. Gotcha. So she's an extreme extrovert as well. Okay. Yeah, and nice. she's the life of the party too. It's the whole, our whole family. Her whole side of the family is like that. His whole side of the family was definitely not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So there's one other thing that you didn't mention that I think people need to n- understand about you okay. is that you and your wife are the primary ta- caretaker yes. for your wife's grandmother. grandmother correct. Yes, Meemaw. Yeah. yeah, so Meemaw. Meemaw and my wife, Brandy, they, yes. they live three miles away from our house. She has to be there basically 24/7. She has to be there all the time. She is yeah. her grandmother's primary caretaker. Yes. Um because she has vascular dementia. Yes. And so it's hard. How long has she been the um, primary caregiver? 3 years. 3 years. Holy moly. Yeah. Almost 3 years. Yeah, that's the No, almost 4 years. Cuz her grandfather died in 2017, 2018. Yeah. And she was living there then to help take care of him as well. Wow. Yeah. And that's, so, that's difficult. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely not easy. It makes it easier that it's close, but that's also something that makes it hard. Recently, though, because we have three dogs, and then the two bigger dogs lived with me and Layla at our sure, house. Sure, sure. And because our lifestyle is networkers yes, and in business sales, we're not really at home all that much. And I'm actually over at Mima's helping and just being over there with me on brandy more than i am at home because layla's got a job she had to she's in college yep. and so she's never home yeah yeah so we moved the dogs over to Mimos. okay and since then like it's been great and i've been spending eight to 12 hours a day over there over there if i can yeah how has that impacted your relationship over so it's the been past much, several years it's definitely been hard we've had our yeah. challenges yeah 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 we've had our challenges but the we're still here yeah. Well, you talk about a challenge with COVID in our situation. Oh, no doubt. So because of who I am and how and what I you work do. and yeah. what I do, yeah. I had to spend time with my wife in the driveway having drinks and food and playing games in the driveway or in the garage, and I couldn't go into their house. That's... Ugh. Right. I, I, remember, I don't even... I, I, I remember I can't days even... sitting outside of the kitchen window in a yard chair... While Brandy cooked dinner and me, and us just having a glass of wine and talking to each other, I just can't. I I can't. I ha, I'm having a difficult time. I can empathize and under realize that's a really difficult situation. Yeah, but I can't even fathom what it's like putting myself in your situation or her situation where you guys live three months. You're together, but you're apart. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's. <laughs> it's tough, but we're still here. Yeah. I no mean, doubt. Brandy and I have been. And we start first started dating in 1995. 
Oh, wow. We were freshmen in high school. <laughs> the summer year, the summer of our freshman year in high school. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And then the, how high school relationships go. On again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again. Sure. So stuff like that. I don't know. I don't. Rem- I don't remember the on again part. But <laughs> so Brandy moved back to Texas, and then she ended up coming back here. So we reconnected, and the rest is history. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And the kids getting ready to move to Charlotte to start in person learning in August. So once that happens, you're a empty bachelor. Nester. You're a bachelor. No, not, <laughs> no because I'm married. I'd be an empty <laughs> nester. <laughs> In a bachelor pad, <laughs> uh, but at that point, I'll probably be at yeah. I'll probably only be at the our actual house to sleep, sure, and to get clothes, maybe. Yeah, we're gonna fix up the place and sell it. Yeah, that's what we're going. to Your do. home? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna do that before we sell Mimos. Oh, would uh, if something happens, you would move to Mimos then? I'm just yeah, or somewhere else, or yeah. an apartment somewhere. Okay, because we've done the homeowner thing for. A while and if it's just the two of you, yeah. What do you need? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Downsize. Unless you bought a condo or something. Yeah. It's something. It's something with a little owner. Uh, the the dream is to retire or to do traveling sales and go to wherever we want to in an RV or a tiny house pulled behind a truck. Or... Is, is that how traveling sales works? So there's <laughs> one job that I got offered that the guy drives him and his wife drive around in an RV and because you get to pick the city where you go to and they set up appointments for you. Please, please tell me what that job is. Uh, it's Empire, not flooring. <laughs> it's the empire people that sell credit card processing machines oh they okay. set up appointments for you and you go to you pick a city that you want to go to they set up appointments for you and then you go sell to those people i gotcha appointments were set up i gotcha with. right okay interesting yeah it was but it's straight commission and i'm not at the point in my life where i want to do that no so, <laughs> yeah yeah I, no and i would imagine at the point where that's happening brandy's probably going to want to go yeah. back to work I de- yeah. doubt it. She like she loves doing stuff, which yeah. is why I told you she just enrolled in college. Super. I was going to say, yeah, I heard a rumor. <laughs> yeah, super proud of her for that. Yeah, uh, she just got her laptop today. She's super excited. I think that kind of job that she wants, yeah. the addiction counseling, sure, she can do. Especially nowadays, yeah, it's all virtual so she can do like that kind of stuff, like a talk space kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. why couldn't she? She could do that from wherever. She wanted sure, to. Yeah. So it's like, why not? The ultimate goal is to have a cabin in the ha- in the mountains and a cabin at the beach and Airbnb, whichever one we don't, we're not staying in, or to travel around. Those are, those are the two things that we want to do. Either that or you buy a, you buy a house in the mountains and you have, yeah. you have a friend who has a house in the beach and you trade them off. Okay. Yeah, that'll work too. I'm okay with that. <laughs> find, some, find somebody that with, with the house at the beach that doesn't like the on season and we can swap it out. I'm totally down for that. Sure. Yeah. I got you. I'll put out some feelers. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to share uh, um, with our audience about yourself? Huge sports fan. Yeah. So just going to drop that. You yeah. Know, we already we, mentioned the yeah. Joshmo Sports Show, but an avid golfer. Yeah. No. That's I, what you enjoy doing? Just, yeah, yeah. That's just that, that you asked what made me who I am. And to be honest, it's my mom. Yeah. So my mom and the kid, I would assume. <laughs> I, I would say they they had a, a big hand in it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. One thing that I noticed about you is growing up in this area that you built a lot of really strong friendships. Oh, yeah. And yeah. 
I think that your friends had a lot to do with who you become as well Absolutely. because you've kept a lot of those friends yep. around you, Dre being you know, one example of that. Yep. And I think that's – I've moved around a lot mm-hmm. since I graduated from high school, and I've just lost a lot – lost touch sure. with all of my old friends, and I feel bad for that. And just seeing you – being there and interacting with the people that have been you've been riding with your whole life and just still remaining an important part of their lives they remain an important part of your life i i envy that yeah and i really do it's growing up in a small ish town and dre's actually probably one of the nicer of any of my friends so just wait till you meet the other assholes. <laughs> That's Dre, funny. Dre will seem like a peach. I don't, you're talking about him. He's done, he's been a nasty ass, but uh, he just, hasn't at all even. Like, I've just known him longer than you. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, Dom, that's enough about me. Uh, this is th- this show is uh, this show's your baby. Yep. So, I want you to we'll go the same kind of route, man. You the first thing that you you always say is that you're a father. So let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about your family. Let's talk about your kids, man. Tell us a little bit about Dom. Sure thing. And I'm, the Batistellas. Yeah. So, I'm a father. I have three kids. Uh, two are mine. One is Heather's. Trying to start a basketball team. Too short. (laughs) (laughs) Not trying to start a basketball team. Even if we had enough people, I am not skilled at basketball. (laughs) I am bad at basketball. The last time I actually played a game of basketball, I tore my ACL. Yeah, you should probably quit that then. Yeah, I did about 23 years ago. Yeah, you should probably stop all (laughs) that. I did stop that. You're too old for this shit. (laughs) I am definitely too old for basketball. (laughs) You're killing me, Smalls. Okay, so... Got three kids, two daughters, my stepdaughter, my daughter, and my son, Jared. They range from Elena is 19, and I've got a soon-to-be 15-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son. I love them all to death. They're awesome. They're in the house right now. (laughs) He's going to be a world-class athlete, right? Jarrett? Yeah. I I don't know. I don't think so. It's the the odds are statistically against anybody being a world class. But he's a hell of a soccer player. He's he is doing a hell of a job with his soccer team. I'm very proud of him for that. And I go there and I cheer for him. Hopefully coming up soon we'll be starting softball again. So my daughter Annika plays softball. Okay, so I gotta ask because I am. Yeah. I used to be. What kind of dad are you? I'm the head coach of the team. Okay. Yeah. So you're not allowed to be obnoxious. <laughs> I'm not allowed to be obnoxious. I'm the coach. Right. So you're no. not allowed to be no, obnoxious. I'm, I've gone beyond the obnoxious dad sitting in the stands right. to actually, I can't sit still so much that right. I have to participate. So you're the soccer coach too? I am not the soccer okay, coach. Okay. So what kind of dad are you for soccer games? Depends on how the game's going. <laughs> Depends on how the All game's right. going. I, I will, Continue. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Let's see. So You haven't mentioned awesome. Heather yet. I mentioned her briefly, <laughs> but you said we were both married. We're actually not both married. And so Heather and I are engaged. We've right. been in a long-term relationship. We're right. essentially married, yes. but we're not officially married. We are engaged. And she's put up with co- you for this long. She's put up with me for this long. She moved across the country to be here with us, uh, with Elena. So I think she's fully committed. I'm fully committed. We've been together now for over six years. That's so. almost common-law marriage. It's, it's getting close. Seven yeah, years, right? Yeah, exactly. So the first year of our relationship was long distance. She right. was living out in Colorado, right. and I was out here, and we decided we can't do the long distance thing anymore. It just doesn't work for us. We want to be together sure. and 
Yeah. So we decided to make the move. That's cool. It's exciting. Colorado is so, a beautiful place to live. Col- Colorado is a beautiful place to leave. It's a beautiful place to live. It's sure. a beautiful place to visit. Yes, it is. I swear, the first time I ever went out there, man, I and I hadn't been out there until I was an adult, I, I, just driving out into the Rockies from Denver. It's, and it's pretty breathtaking. It's possibly the most gorgeous scenery I've ever seen in my life. It's insane. I still want to go to Yellowstone because I've heard that's up there in the United States. So Mm. I want to do that. I've been like at the gate of Yellowstone. I haven't really gone in, but right there in Bozeman, Montana. Mm -hmm. So Heather's originally from Bozeman. Excuse me, not from Bozeman. She's originally from Montana. And she was only living in Colorado because she was working for the U.S. Forest Service as an engineer. And she got a position down there. So uh, she's smart. She's brilliant. <laughs> yes. She has her master's degree in civil and environmental engineering. Say building stuff. So her specialty is water systems engineering. So she is able to calculate the flows of water and liquid dynamics and ah. stuff that I don't That's understand. That's above my pay grade. She starts getting into the math things, and I'm like, uh, I glaze over. I start to see stars, and, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. You know, when Brady said she was taking college math yeah i said when alpha the alphabet starts to get involved with math that i'm out so yeah, I, i'm good with the alphabet when it but when it becomes the greek alphabet then i'm a little <laughs> fucked <laughs> that's problematic <laughs> heather's awesome she works right now she's a engineer at the national institute of health and environmental sciences here that's at awesome. rct she is she's kind of a big deal yeah she's a big deal she's awesome i'm lucky to be with her he that's is lucky for sure. to be with her for sure yeah and in in more ways than just she's amazing so there's lots of things that go into that and and let me go into a little bit of my background so you asked me about being a dad and having kids and i feel like i'm a relatively involved father. Yep. I try to you know, be at all my kids' games and help them with their homework and be here to make them dinner. That wasn't necessarily always the case, and I'm not saying that because I wasn't a dedicated father, but there's just things that were different about my life in the past. But I'm going to rewind like you did all the way to the beginning. You talked about being born in Durham. I was born in Norfolk, Virginia. I grew up in Virginia Beach. Yeah, exactly. Seven fives. It's a little bit more... Um, it's it's a little bit trashed right now. <laughs> it was it was a lot, but my perception it, it was a lot nicer when I was a kid. Yeah, but I just let you know that right now. Grew up there. I was a swimmer for most of my young life, so I swam on a USS Club team. My training group, well, at, at my highest level, included Mary T. Maher, who was the world record holder in the 100 and 200 butterfly, multiple people who were on the you know, national team, people who went to the Olympic trials and Olympics. And what was your got, specialty? My specialty was backstroke. So yeah. I was a junior national backstroker. Okay. Yeah. But I stopped swimming right at the beginning of my junior year of high school. There was, it was an interesting thing that happened. So we had a legendary head coach who was running, overseeing our team at the time. His name was Bill Peak. Now he used to be the head coach at the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And he, he was Mary T. Maher's coach back in the 1980s when she originally set those world records. Mm-hmm. And he moved into the club side and was our head coach and somewhere about our junior year he uh 
was moved out of the club for whatever reason, and I don't know why. I wasn't involved in the politics of it, but it hit me pretty hard because I had a really great relationship with him. And so I decided, you know, it was time for me to do other things. I realized at that time that I probably wasn't ever going to be, you know, an Olympian. I could probably get a full ride scholarship and do it all the way through school. What do you do with that afterward? And now I wanted to try some other things. So you found your passion. I found another passion, which was I started on my high school debate team. (laughs) <laughs> I know that sounds like that's the nerdiest thing I've ever heard in my life, except I mean, it's that it's not the not nerdiest thing. It is definitely in my life. <laughs> not the not nerdiest thing. Okay, so it it's not like being on the chess team. The, the debate team in my school they were actually the cool nerds. You're talking about is that an oxymoron? It no, it isn't. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. No, you're talking back about the, the people. Back in the 90s, though. Back in no, the 80s you're talking and 90s. about people who were relatively involved in school sure. and were very extroverted for the most part because you're talking about people that were getting up and in front talk, of people, right? In front of people right. and giving public speeches. Yeah, presenting right? an argument. Exactly, exactly. So you're not talking about people that couldn't bring themselves to look at another human being in the eyes. You're right. talking about people that were performative but weren't that performative that they went to the drama club. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the type of Dumb. that's the type of people that you were dealing with so the debate funny. team. So I went to one state championship uh, in my senior year. I went I, I actually went to college at George Mason University. My first two years in school was their rookie of the year, my freshman year and won several tournaments and then decided to transfer after my sophomore year and went to University of West Georgia because George Mason didn't offer scholarships, but West Georgia was like, we're going to pay you a lot of money. <laughs> so Sign I went me there. Up. Yeah, free school versus paying yeah. full, full price. Yeah, let's do that. Went there, competed heavily on the national circuit, and it, a lot of my you know, what you know of me as being an analytical and doing research yep. and knowing my shit and what I'm going to talk about before I open my mouth comes from that experience. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Because you can't afford to be wrong on the stage like that. Exactly. Right. It's not just you can't afford to be wrong, but the other people are also being extremely well prepared. Yeah, sure. So they're going to stay. So you have to be prepared for anything that comes out of their mouth. Right. Can't let well. them outwork you. Exactly. Exactly. And it was essentially like preparing for a sport all the time. You know, I, 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 would, I would say I did more research and prep and brief preparation than any attorney has done in 10 years or more. Of these so days. then I got I got to know. Yeah. What was the driving force or the event that sparked you moving from being a college kid as on a national debate team sure to wanting to be a chef ha <laughs> because yeah i went from that to being a chef so like, you are a cordon bleu trained chef yes I you am. went to a, a very high-end culinary school i went to the cordon bleu academy right yeah so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a trained french chef this is what i'm saying yeah so what happens after you know, after i finished school after i finished my undergrad I had this choice to make. What am I going to do with my life? And one path, uh, down the normal path for somebody who came through the types of programs that I came through was... I would think like news anchor. 
go to law school. Okay. Or yeah, that. Yeah. That's what a lot of either they went to law school to pursue a degree in law and go into politics or they would go into graduate school and basically become okay. career academics. Sure. I could see that. Right. Tenured professors, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, tenured professors, but usually they would go along the track of also being speech and debate okay. coaches okay. and uh, program directors and things like that as well. Because the programs that were highly competitive, that were offering full ride scholarships to students like that, yeah. that was a huge prestige thing. If you were in the finals or win the national debate tournament or some of these, that was the championship every year, but some of these other major tournaments and you, you can especially if you're a small school and you can come in and say, hey, we beat Harvard, we beat Dartmouth, we beat Princeton. That's a big fucking deal All right, right? So, for these universities. So cut this out if you want to. Sure. <laughs> but like were you and your debate friends up one night, maybe having a little bit of uh, partaking in some party favors? You mean like bourbon? No, like of the green leafy origin and you just started cooking and you're like, man, I could do this shit. No, <laughs> like, no that's, how did, how that's, did this happen? Then? That's not how that went. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just say that there were two types of people who were in collegiate debate. There were people who did and there were people who did not partake. And they were about 75, 25 on the partake side. Sure. I can. It's a lot of from what I understand about debate, because I've had some friends that have done this. Yes. It's stressful. It yes, yeah. it is extremely yeah. stressful, and yeah. so then I and can people understand online. that. Yeah. I can understand, it. and you're not that, being tested like athletes. That was not how that came about. So I've been cooking as long as I can remember. I was maybe eight or ten, somewhere around that age when. Oh yeah, your you grandma's know, Polish, so that's my my yeah my babshi, which is Polish for grandmother. She would come out from she lived in california she would come out for about a month every year and i just sit there and learn from her but i was hey, you know eight years old started making cookies in my house on my own and by the time i'm in my teens i'm making my own dinners my own sauces and you know cooking dinner for the family things like that so i've always been into cooking interested i mean our food our, our family is very food centric being being ethnic my mm -hmm. father's italian my mother's polish so I always had an interest in cooking and I was, while I was going to school, working in restaurants and things like that and always in the back of the house, always in the kitchen. So I did have a, some experience in that coming out of school and what really tilted it for me is, so my last year of school, I ended up reading a lot of this guy named Pierre Schlag and he had a critique of the normative legal system and being a young and overly thoughtful and also idealistic person at the time decided it based upon all of this new information that I had absorbed from this in, this individual that I couldn't go and become part of the le the system of law and be able to look myself in the mirror. Yeah, I so that. I started looking for something else to do and I thought culinary school would be a great option because yeah. I'm passionate about you cooking. The background, right? I have the background. I've already been working in yep. restaurants so I know what it's about. Yep. And so I enrolled in culinary school and 20 years later, I've been a chef for had been a chef for that long. 
and then finally got out of it. There's a lot of reasons for that, but one of which is that I have a family and it takes up a lot of time to be a it, chef. It does. It does. It's extremely time consuming and you, you, you never have a night off. You never right. have a weekend off. You never have a holiday off mm-hmm. and I need to do something else. And I'm very happy doing what I'm doing now. So you know, I'm not going to get too far into that. Nope. I will say that there is one thing about my life in this point in time that I do want to talk about a little bit because it has impacted me significantly. My two children, my soon to be 15 year old my fourth my 13 year old are from my first marriage so I was married for 10 years before separating and getting a divorce and I will say it was a toxic relationship Mm. yeah yeah I was married to somebody with a I would I say a there were probably multiple severe mental illnesses one was definitely severe bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. extreme mania a lot of delusional diagnosed delusions grandeur paranoid delusions i'm almost a hundred percent positive that there was also a lot of cluster b personality disorder mixed in there such as narcissistic personality borderline personality disorder and i spent a lot of time there basically losing my sense of self and it took me several years after the the dissolving of that relationship for me to gain my footing again yeah. as an independent person but just as somebody who was sure of my own perception of reality because when you're dealing with somebody who has a warp sense of reality due to certain mental illnesses especially if you're if you're being conditioned to be codependent you you're not sure you you start to lose trust in your own sense of reality people throw around the term gaslighting you've heard it a lot over the last four years with the trump administration and stuff like that people talking about gaslighting but I, i i've I'm a little wary of using that in some of the political spectrum because I've experienced it firsthand in my actual life. Sure. And that shit will fuck you up Mm -hmm. mentally. And yeah, I had to go through a lot of therapy and things like that. And that's that's being real. There's going to be times in this show when we get on a topic like Mm -hmm. that. And I'm going to have a lot of very passionate things to say about toxic relationships about mental illness how it's to be treated how it's stigmatized how you know to get people early recognition of it so that they can get the treatment that they need because it's not just damaging to them it is very damaging to the people around them and i lived through it and i don't want anybody else to have to live through that well and luckily we have enough friends oh yeah that will come on the show to be able to talk about things like that oh for sure (laughs) so two very specific ones that i can think of yeah and and, yeah of course and and the other thing of course is talking about divorce and those subjects you've yep. been through that i've been I, through I that, that and that's going to be a topic that we'll get into Absolutely. at some point in the future i'm sure yeah what we deal with in our lives what not sure. only us but more than half of the country oh easily and, and have dealt with so it's very relatable so you're definitely sure. not on your own there. and i envy the people that have an amicable split with yeah. their spouse they yeah. get to co-parent and then yeah. go about their way and just yeah. do what they're gonna do and if you have or even 
parents that, you know, the other partner doesn't want to have anything to do with the child and they just, okay, that's fine. I understand that. But having that contentious Mm -hmm. situation, that maybe it's just my perspective because that's what I'm dealing with. Sure. But man, it's I don't think it's it's definitely not just your perspective, Tom. So as you say, we'll have plenty of opportunities to talk about real things like this that are going to make this show super relatable. It's just, I want to give everybody who's listening a preview of some of the upcoming episodes so we have an episode where we talk about the january 6th Mm. attack on the capitol and there's some different perspectives on that we have an episode where we talk to d todd oh man and she's she's amazing she is a uh, trailblazer when it comes Oof. to women's athletics, particular and the NCAA. Yes. And you want to talk about a body that is political? Yes. Boy, Holy oh moly! And she has College a lot to say. sports. Yes, she has a lot to say. And so she's we fantastic. We talk with her about Title IX and how that impacted college sports. We talk about and with her, her and her life, yeah. and then we talk with her about athletes utilizing their their platform that they have by being athletes to talk about other things that they care about. Mm-hmm. We're also having uh, DJ Skash Digga on the show to talk about the state of hip-hop. Yep. And then we, we have a number of other guests who are scheduled to come yeah. in that we haven't recorded with, but we already have three episodes that we're coming out with after this. Let's give the people a little more about this insurrection episode because the people that we talk to are not just differing opinions. But oh, yes. they are uh, former Green Beret. Former or sorry, Green Beret. Beret we've learned and, this. It's not a, former anything. It's Green Beret and, and a Marine. Marine. Yes. And we talked to them about their perspectives with all this, all the things that happened and how they feel there. And what is the was. obligation of somebody who takes right. an oath to the Constitution exactly. when something like this goes down? Exactly. Yeah. And DJ Skazdiga is better known as Big Daddy Kane's DJ. Um, Big Daddy Kane's big 80s hip hop, 90s hip hop star. Oh, yes. So I mean, it was a fa- fascinating interview. De- and if you don't know, Big Daddy Kane, top 10 MC of all time, yep. period. And he will hopefully be doing the intro music. That would be dope. Uh, he already did our <laughs> intro music for the Joe, Joe Schmo Sports, Sports Show. Show. Yes. And hopefully he will be doing the intro music for the Liquid Soapbox as well. Yeah. So I think that's all I want to yeah, talk about. I think we've got a right. good introduction to each of us yep. for our audience. Even if you didn't listen to, in the past, our introduction to Joe Schmo Sports Show, we really just, in that one, talked about our sports biases. Yep. This is our personal life. This yeah. is going to be the show that is about us as who we are. As real folks. As real folks. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. I don't, I don't have anything else either, Dom. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, good for, I'm good for a rap, brother. I'll tell you what, man. Thanks for being here tonight, yeah, Clint. Absolutely. I bro. appreciate it, and I look forward to many successful episodes. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers.